0: amen good morning morning. it is good to be with you all this morning at 9 o'clock I got to see some uh, very familiar faces and I'm looking out uh, right now and I see a lot of familiar faces and some of you are still uh, sitting in the same seats you sat in three years ago (laughs) amen bless the Lord I'd be in my same seat too Uh, I I wanna first start by thanking you so much for your generosity and your kindness. Uh, I shared earlier this morning that there are uh, two churches, uh, two periods in my life that I really believe helped uh, shape me and form me into the person that I am today, Uh, one of them being Lakewood Church, which really gave me a strong spiritual foundation, but they also tore me down, amen? (laughs) I will tell you someday how that happened. Uh, But after that, I I was in need of much healing and much restoration. And it was uh, when I walked through the doors of Resurrection MCC uh, that I found my healing from uh, self destructive behaviors and a lot of things that was really leading my life in the wrong direction. And so, uh, as we begin to uh, think about uh, the topic of healing today, I want us to think more about uh, it being a, a holistic topic of healing in the sense that it is not just about our physical bodies that I want to talk about in healing today. I want to talk about healing in our finances. Uh, I want to talk about healing in our families and healing um, in our relationships because healing is all of those things. It's not just healing uh, in our bodies. Now, I will not be able to treat every healing topic (laughs) in a matter of 20 minutes, but I want to make sure that we are thinking about that as we move uh, forward uh, in the Word today. So are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready to receive a miracle from God today? All right, well let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you so much for bringing us to this place today. We thank you for the healing power that comes to us through your word and through Jesus Christ. We thank you for your healing power that surges through this church. Now, God, I pray that you will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, our rock and Savior. Amen. Fate of an innocent rests in the heart of a cynic. Man, Leap of Faith. How many of you remember that movie? With uh, Jonas Nightingale in there, he's the uh, evangelist there that's traveling all around, and he's, he's uh, staging in this movie, if you remember it. He is staging all of these healings uh, that's happening in his revival. But this clip is a clip of the one healing that he did not stage. It is the clip of somebody who actually dared to reach out and touch that cross and receive their healing. So it is very possible, and I wanna, I wanna put this to you, it is very possible that there are instantaneous healings that do take place. Uh, I have seen them happen, I have heard about them happening, uh, and, and so instantaneous healings are possible. But I think when I watch that video, one of the things that comes to mind for me is all of the people who pray to God for healing from cancer, from AIDS, healing their, from poverty, praying for it, seeking God for it, having faith for it, and yet it doesn't happen for them. It doesn't work out the way that they think it should be working out for them. This morning, I I began to think about, and I mentioned in the sermon earlier this morning, that there's four types of people that I've run across in my experience. The first group of people will say this. We have to trust solely in science. Science will give us all of the answers. Science and medicine is the only thing that can heal you. If the doctor, science says that your prognosis is two months, then that's all we have to rely on. There's that group. Then there is the second group, and a lot of my friends are in this second group, and they're academics, and thank God for academics, they have to ask questions, but that's the second group. They ask a whole lot of questions. What about this? And what about that? And why didn't this work for that person? Or why did that work for this person? What's the difference? Maybe Boyd, who was healed in this video, something happened in his brain that caused his legs to line up. What, what happened? And what We can't consider that that was God. So the people who ask a lot of questions, they ask so many questions, sometimes they slip into cynicism. They end up in a place of doubt because they keep asking questions instead of growing in their faith. Now, this third group, they are my people, too. I love them a lot. But this third group, oh, they're the holy rollers. Oh, they've got enough faith to move a mountain, their mountain, your mountain, and everybody's mountain. <laughs> they, they can quote every healing scripture in the Bible. They can tell you, when you, when you, you say, well, how are you doing today, Sister Jones? Oh, I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm healed. <laughs> y'all know who I'm talking. you. Look, am I telling the truth? Don't you know some people like that? And then there's this last group, and that's the group that I really hope all of us can move to today. Uh, Dr. King, when he was going through all of his studies, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he began to struggle with liberalism and thinking about, and when I say liberalism, I mean the the Christian liberalism that has this overwhelming optimistic view that we can fix everything ourselves, right? And he was struggling with that and then his upbringing, which was very orthodox, which said, you know, when they would, the old folks would sing, Jesus, prop me up on my lean inside, Jesus, right? So he was struggling with this idea that Jesus and God is involved in our life versus this, we can do everything on our own. The conclusion that he arrived at is that we cannot do without either one that it is in a synthesis of ideas that we find the answers. So that is what I would put to us this morning. We need the science because we need the medicine. We need the questions because without the questions, we would not be able to lead to doubt because you will only know what faith is if you have experienced doubt. Are there any doubters in the house? You will only know what faith is if you have experienced doubt. And we need the holy rollers. I said this this morning. I said my prayer for us is that we can get to a place to where we can have some Bible-thumping, scripture-quoting Christians around here. I just want to come in here. If I tell you I'm sick, I want somebody to say, let me lay my hands on you in the name of Jesus. That is a place that we deserve to be in. That is something that we have lost, quite frankly, and we've surrendered that power to someone else, but that is what we deserve. God has given us that same authority and that same power. Why not believe that we can activate it in this place? You know, I think about a lot of the problems that um, some people have experienced in not being able to receive their healing or things not working out in the way that they want to. When uh, uh, Reverend Janice called me and she said, well, uh, I want, I want you to, we want you to come out and preach and, and let me tell you what, which topics we have. And I said, oh, wow, that's great. I'll take healing. I was just so excited about taking the healing topic. But Lord, as I began to study and think more about it, I said, I've just bit off more than I can chew. What am I going to do with this? There's a great quote uh, in the book that you all have been going through. And uh, this quote has um, a lot of truth to it, but it's kind of hard for us to swallow. It says, what about the fact that not everyone who receives prayer is healed? The most straightforward answer to this perplexing question is, I don't know. And I said, Lord, you, you, somebody in this book better know i got to get up and preach this sermon to these people. <laughs> somebody go tell me something. She goes on to say, I think desperately so that every single person who sought healing prayer were instantaneously or totally healed. But it simply does not happen that way. I think about my mother. Who is here with us this morning, who has struggled with lupus, it's been in and out of remission, she has epilepsy, it's been a rough road for all of us. But the one thing that I do know is that healing for my mother may not look the way we all thought it would look, but I see it when she is taking care of my nephew every day. I see it when she is standing by the side of my grandmother helping her take care of my grandfather. Healing may not always look the way we think it is going to look. But let me tell you, in our house, we do declare all the time her body is healed. It is lined up with the word of God. And that's what we walk in and that's what we believe even when the doctor does not say it is so. It is the same thing with HIV and AIDS and cancer. A lot of my friends say to me, I just, you know, what about that God that you keep on talking about? I say, Well, if you come to me, I tell you, I'm go, I'm gonna tell you, I'm go we go sit down and pray. We might end up speaking in tongues, but we go get this, we go get this joint done you we, you will declare your healing in the name of Jesus. And you will walk in it. You will believe it. I don't care what that doctor says. You keep taking your medicine. You keep being optimistic. You keep being positive because somebody needs your testimony. Somebody needs to hear what God has done for you. So, when we start thinking more about these healings, we see in the Bible there are so many different types of healing. Jesus healed in many different ways and healed many different people, right? And healed for different reasons. Some people were healed because of somebody else. Some people were healed because they asked. Some people were healed through a process. So there are different Types and ways that we see healing taking place in the Bible. The cross itself, when Jesus wanted to be healed, when Jesus wanted the situation to be fixed, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? He prayed that prayer. He said, God, if it be thy will, let this cup pass. And we all know that's not what happened. The cup did not pass. But oh, what's butted right up against that cross is the explosion of new life. Sometimes, I've heard somebody preach this before, you have to go through Good Friday to get to Resurrection Sunday. And what is on the other side at your Resurrection Sunday, you may not know what that is going to look like. When Jesus was hanging there on the cross, they were not expecting that he would raise, rise up from the dead, that he would come back and be resurrected. What they were expecting is that, somebody would, that he would fly off of that cross and destroy all of the Roman Empire. But that is not what happened. New life was birthed on the other side of the cross. So when you look at your situation, when you look at your prognosis, just know it may not look the way you want it to look, but the Bible testifies that new life is possible right on the other side of what it is that you are going through. And if you will be willing to let God shift something around in your life, if you would be willing to let God rearrange some stuff, you'll be able to see it and to receive it. There, are, there is, the, in this scripture today, we see that uh, the lepers, the, we, we learned about these ten lepers. So the ten lepers, they cry out to Jesus. They say, Lord, have mercy. I like this text because they didn't say, Lord, heal me from my leprosy. They said, Lord, have mercy. And Jesus said to them, go and show yourself. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't prophesy over them. He didn't touch them and and pray and spend a lot of time talking to them about what they need to do. All he said was, go and show yourself. Go and testify. And what what I like about the text is it said, because I can see this in my mind's eye, it said that that as they turned, they were healed as they went. Which says to me that healing, for the most of us, is not going to be instantaneous. But the guarantee that we have is that healing is a process. And that if we would just turn (laughs) and go, then the process can begin the process can start but it is a matter of your turning it is in the matter of understanding that it is a process and believing that what God said is so and that whatever it is you are healed you are healed you are whole there are three things that we talked about this this morning that I want to share with you and I told them, we're going to learn a little acronym because I'm ex-Navy and I love, love, love acronyms. <laughs> and I said, we're going to learn how to, how to uh, sack it. And so I have it. It's called SAC-TT. Can you say that with me? SAC-TT. The S stands for surrender. Yeah. I used to hear my great-grandmother say, baby, I am so tired of being sick and tired. When you get to that place, that's a good place to surrender. When you get sick and tired of being sick and tired of that job, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired of that cancer and not knowing what to do next, when you get to the place of being sick and tired and sick and tired, it is a good place to say, God, you know what? I don't have the power I don't have the way forward. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I just, I surrender. I just give this to you because there is nothing else that I can do with it. I don't know what else to do with it. And this is, this is, this is what's interesting about surrendering. When you are not surrendering to your situation. no, I want you to get that clear. You are not surrendering to your disease. You're not surrendering to your financial situation. What you are doing is surrendering your power that you think you have to fix everything in your life once you can surrender that power god says all right now i'll give you the power to fix it (laughs) once you can surrender the power you are then empowered to fix it oprah winfrey talks of this great story about when she was going out for the color purple role she, all the money she had, all the power she had, it couldn't get her to roll. She eventually had to say, God, I surrender. Right. And as soon as she surrendered, the phone rang. Yeah. Yeah. Surrender. Ask, ask is the A. Sack TT, ask is the A. This is a problem for some of us in this room. It's a problem for me too sometimes. We don't think that we're worthy enough to ask God. We don't think we're worthy enough to ask somebody for prayer. We don't think we're in a position in which God is listening to us and ready to help us. We struggle with the ask. K for no. We have got to learn to know that we know that we know that God means for us to have total prosperity in our health, in our home, and that that is God's will for us. And that when we ask, we must know that we have been heard. We must know that it has happened. So after you have surrendered and asked, then you just and go on your way and begin to walk in the healing. This morning I said, I want us to just begin to say we're just going to sack it. We go sack cancer. We go sack AIDS. We go sack HIV. We, go, we are just going to sack all of those things that need healing in our lives. Just surrender it. Ask and know that it is done and be expecting that you will see your healing you will see new possibilities know this too it may not look the way you want it to look and that's where you have to be ready to see where God has wrought and worked a miracle in your life TT thanks A lot of us struggle with this as well, too. You know, I remember there were days when I'd say, God, you know, if I could just get to this next income level, I'd get to it. Didn't show any thanks. I know I'm not the only one. That's why y'all quiet right now. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying. We forget what God has done for us. Every time I walk in this building, I give thanks because I remember I was, it said, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was a wretch when I walked in here. But I give thanks to God for this place. Thanks to God. The text says that, uh, it says, uh, where are the other nine lepers? Why didn't they come back to give thanks? This one came back to give thanks, and he was a Samaritan. In other words, when you see that in the text, that means a whole lot of you. And he was gay. And she was a lesbian. And he had cancer. And she was left for dead. It's you. Read yourself into it. It's you. Because a lot of people don't expect that you would give thanks and openly declare that God has done something amazing in your life. You hear him all the time on your job talking about God, but you are quiet. I do it. Quiet. But we've got to start giving thanks even at that job for what God has done. And the last one is testimony, and I'm going to wrap up and finish and take my seat. I know y'all are ready for me to... got brunch and a whole lot of other stuff to get to. <laughs> testimony. There's an old African-American spiritual called a bomb in Gilead. There is a bomb in Gilead. What I like about there is a bomb in Gilead is that we've got to get to the place to where we can say yes. Or how some of my friends say, yay, God, there is a bomb in Gilead. Bomb in Gilead. Bomb meaning healing. Gilead meaning a place, the mount, the heel of testimony. So I want you to get this. After you have sacked it and you have given thanks for it, you need to go and testify about it. Because the balm in Gilead, it is your testimony of healing. And your testimony of healing is not just for yourself. This is why we have to continue to come together and come to church because we got to share with each other about how God has healed each other so that other people are able to get the strength to survive through their problem. The bomb in Gillingad, your testimony, your healing of testimony is what will help somebody else get to a place of healing. God doesn't just restore us for our own good, but for the good of this world and for the good of this community. And we've got to get to that place of testimony. I also like the bomb in Gilead because it is a song that reminds me of so many struggles. The testimonies of the Israelites, the testimonies of Jesus and all that they went through. Balm can only be created from a tree that has been damaged. Healing can only be created in the place where there is damage. And oh, somewhere over 2,000 plus years ago, when Jesus was damaged, God didn't send the damage, but when Jesus was damaged, it is a testimony that out of that situation and through the resurrection of Jesus, that all things are possible to they who believe. In the darkest hour when Jesus hung there, they didn't know what was going to happen. But the reason the story is, is the way it is, is so that we can begin to see that God can do the impossible in our lives if we will allow her to do so. That is the place where we have to get to. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul. It's not just the sin sick soul. It is the body. There is a bomb in Gilead to cure you of your sickness. There is a bomb in Gilead to cure your finances. There is a bomb in Gilead to correct your situation. No! Your diagnosis is not your destiny. No, your prognosis cannot stop your progress. Seize it in the name of Jesus. I declare it in the name of God right now. I declare it there is cancer we are sacking right now in the name of Jesus. There is AIDS that we are sacking right now in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare over your life that you are healed in the name of Jesus. Now begin to figure out what that means in your situation because that is what God wants. Let me stop. I got to stop preaching. Let me sit down. Let's sack it in the name of Jesus. Amen.